I want you to imagine it's a dark night. The wind is blowing. It's cold inside a cave, and there's an old man, probably late 70s, inside that cave, head down, weary, depressed, frustrated, isolated, wondering even if God cares. This isn't just any old down-and-out guy. This is a man crushed by his culture, his people, feeling betrayed by the government that he belongs to, and totally feeling like nobody cares. In that depression, he even says, I don't even know why I'm living. And he said, it seems like I'm the only one who cares. And that was Elijah on Mount Horeb, inside a cave. He had battled Ahab and 850 false prophets of Baal. He called on the God of Elijah to come and receive his sacrifice and fire from heaven, consumed it, and consumed those false priests. And he then took a sword and he slew the rest of them, killing 850, having a great victory. And would the people then turn to Jehovah, Yahweh, as their God and forsake Baal? Then he got word that Jezebel sent him a message and said, by tomorrow you're going to be dead. And he ran to the cave in fear, wondering if there was anybody else. And he said to God, I'm the only one who cares, and nobody cares for me. God said, eat up, you're going on a walk. And he walked to Mount Horeb where he would meet with God. And as he was inside that cave waiting, he heard a thunder cloud break in a storm, but there was no voice in it. He heard an earthquake as it rumbled, and the rock and shale fell and dust over his eyes, and yet the voice of the Lord was not in that. He heard a wind, mighty and strong, and the voice of the Lord was not in that. The voice of the Lord came within. It was a still, small voice. And the Lord told him of a hope and a future of what was going to take place. That things are going to change. It's not going to stay the same. We are on a verge of a shift in the kingdom. And he told him that you're going to elect and pronounce and anoint new kings and, in fact, a new prophet. And then he said this, and there are 7,000 who have been kept for me that have not bowed a knee to Baal ever. And I'm wondering if Elijah said, information I could have used a week ago. If only one of those 7,000 would have picked up a phone. Oh, they didn't have phones then. How about a message? 
carrier pigeon, anything. Look at, we are kings and priests and prophets of God. We are the voice of the Lord in the earth as the church. And there are many of us who are isolated. There are many watching today who have not come out of their house. There are many who are going to the store and coming back home and and just feeling completely isolated. There are those who are fearful because they, in their physical uh, being, are high risk. And, And so they're afraid to get out but they're completely isolated and and I'm sure they feel like Elijah like nobody cares nobody's listening and I'm the only one out here where's my family and we can say there's an entire church of C3 that have not bent the knee to this situation and our faith is strong and we need to encourage one another that's what we need to do Because isolation brings these four things. Number one, fear. When you feel alone, you begin to fear because you feel vulnerable. Has anybody felt vulnerable over the last four months? Right? Especially now, some of you are like, no, not me, man. I'm not vulnerable for nothing. (laughs) Well, you may have a social network that's awesome. But there are some folks who don't have anybody else checking in on them. And they're feeling vulnerable. And when you feel vulnerable, you begin to fear. And boy, that is the playground of the enemy. And he speaks into your fear. I don't care how strong you are. You cannot be tripped up in the... You have got to be tripped up in the pace and the rhythm of your life. Because it's just all messed up. It is. It's, it's weird. We're living in weirdness. And it's just an odd tempo to life. It's like, oh, okay, I want, let's go out and eat. At least we can go eat. Oh, wait, we got to get a mask. Oh, you can't sit at that table. Oh, wait, you got to do this. It's just, this is weird. And so it brings fear for many. And secondly, it brings loneliness. Loneliness is more than something of being alone. It's interesting, I read a report yesterday on, in, in a psychological magazine in the sense that before the 1800s and before the Industrial Revolution, the concept of loneliness was taking time to be alone to contemplate. But it radically shifted in the Industrial Revolution when there were slums and cities and major works and people were now being isolated one from another, working second shifts once they invented the light bulb and all these different changes to nature itself and how we live our lives. Loneliness became something far more than just contemplative time. It was isolation. A sense that I am by myself and no one else cares. And so many of our people are in that place of loneliness. And it can bring sorrow. Sorrow can bring some level of self-pity, but when you're by yourself and when you're alone, you play reruns. Right? So you play the reruns of your life and inevitably the enemy throws some clips in that he remembers And you begin remembering the sad stories, the hard stories, and how did I get to this place in life? And sorrow comes and it comes in. 
And then another area, once you feel fear and loneliness and sorrow, you begin to doubt. My proof text is the prophet Elijah. This is the greatest prophet other than John the Baptist, as Jesus called him. John the Baptist was the greatest Old Testament prophet. But after that, you've got Elijah. So many miracles, so many amazing things. I know Elijah had a double portion, but Elijah was a mighty, mighty man of God. And he began to fear Jezebel. He went into a state of loneliness. He began to have sorrow and self-pity. Woe is me, I'm the only one who cares. And he moved into doubt, wondering if God was there at all. So if that's Elijah, who James says has like passions like we do, I would imagine there are many in, in, Christ, in Christ Community Church that have these same impacts. So if you're one of the 7,000 in that story that hasn't bent your knee to Baal and is strong and feeling good, we need to engage to help these people. Why do I say that? Because with social distancing, we're mandated to stay six feet away and put on masks and stay away from it. And, and for the health benefits, I get it, understand it. But that doesn't mean we have to be socially estranged from one another. It means we're going to have to put some effort into this and care for each other and call each other and get beyond texting and make some phone calls. We had a prophetic word from our prophetic team. Our prophetic team is still meeting and still praying into our situations. Now, they're trying to get the mind of Christ for the hour. What is Jesus saying to the church and specifically to Christ's community church? Aren't you glad we have a prophetic team? Aren't you glad we have people praying to say, what's our position now, Lord? And so the prophetic team had a word that they gave to Pastor Ron, who gave it to me, and we began to pray into it. And this is the prophetic word. You must rally the troops because people are slipping away. They're being drawn away. You must bring them together in groups, not just Sundays and Wednesdays, but small groups of people gathering together. Reach out to each one to find out how they are coping or not coping. Don't let the silent ones fall away. Some are home alone and silent. They must be drawn in. And so we take that as a word of the Lord and in responsibility as shepherds to engage the congregation. The pastors can't do that. We've got some 450 people here in this church. We can't do that. And it's not the job of, of the, the, the lead shepherd to do that. It's the job of the people to do it and connect. And so we are asking you, and we developed this plan for us to connect five. We're asking each one of you as individuals. I know you're couples, but you know what? If two of you did it, then we'd have ten. Do the math. So we're asking for this entire month of August, which was today, August Second, okay, we missed one day. But anyways, throughout the entire month of August, we're asking you to connect with five people. But how are we asking you to do that? Because you're going to call your brother and your sister and your cousin, and, and we're not doing that. We're saying, ask God to put on your heart somebody, somebody on your heart, and I want you to consider those who maybe aren't the most popular. They're, the, they're, they're not the ones that that 
are fellowship-oriented. They're not the ones that are at the forefront of your people list. I want you to really ask God for the widow, for the orphan, for those isolated, for those who might be ill, the elderly, uh, also some of the young. Consider, I really want you to consider the youth because uh, you have a frame of reference of what normal is. They don't. They don't have normal from 10 years ago. Their life is pretty short. (laughs) They live right in the now. And so we need to pray for them too. So maybe the Lord's going to put some young people on your heart. And so we're asking you to come up with, through the month of August, five people that you just check in on. Just, hi, how are you? Now, uh, this can be very, very powerful. And what I'm asking you to be is to be doctors. Spiritual doctors. Why did I say that? Because I came up with three words that are D-R-S. That's why, anyways. Okay, spiritual doctors. So number one, I want you to consider that when you call someone up, you are calling to deliver a message of hope. All right, remember the D. You're going to deliver a message of hope. There are sometimes, people know the answers, but when you have fear and doubt and loneliness, you need to hear it. You need to be reminded of it. I know that verse, but because you said it to me, it came alive again. And so I need to speak hope. I need to to say to somebody, it's going to be all right. You're a strong person. You know, you amaze me. When I watch you and I've seen you in church and you worship, you're strong. And I know that God's with you. Is he? Yes, he's with you. It's his promise. Oh, yeah, I know that. But my emotions got the best of me and I forgot. So I need you to deliver hope. Secondly, I need you to restore confidence. Deliver hope, restore confidence. Restoring confidence is basically speaking faith. Remind them of their faith in God. You've got through many other trials, many other temptations. You've been through a lot, haven't you? Tell me some of the things you've gotten through, and they'll tell you. And then, therefore, you're going to be able to get through it again. This is not a counseling session, all right? Don't prescribe medicine to them. The only medicine you prescribe is the Word of God, okay? Well, if you have 30, if you have green tea and beta beta 2 and take uh, rigatoni, you'll be better by tomorrow. Wrong doctor. Give them Dr. Jesus, give them Jesus, and the solution is faith and scripture, all right? And then thirdly, send them a blessing. Speak over their life. Pray for them. God is with you. God will strengthen you. God is going to encourage them. And I'm I'm speaking over your life that the Lord wants to enlighten your mind when you read Scripture. And could I encourage you to call some other folks? And see, once they begin to engage their faith for others, it changes your inner being as well. This is the solution to the doldrums, to the boredom, to the fear and the loneliness that we are in. We've got to activate our faith and put it to use. Does this make sense to you?
So I'm asking you to be doctors, spiritual doctors. Deliver hope, restore faith, and send blessing. Amen? Can we do that? In doing that, we're going to connect to five in this month. Amen? And I believe that as we're beginning to draw in and filter in and more people are starting to attend Wednesdays and Sundays, we're going to be a strong people because we're getting through. Now, what happened in the end story of Elijah when he heard the word of the Lord? I don't know if this has happened to you, but boy, one word from God, and it could be literally just a word, but one impartation of a promise or a word that God reminds you of, it builds you back up. It restores you. And Elijah went down from Mount Horeb and he went into the valleys and into the cities and he brought revival and he raised up Elisha and that man went up into heaven in a chariot of fire. He ended well on fire. Amen? Well, he wasn't on fire, but the chariot was. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Through this, we're believing that this prayer, this blessing, sending a blessing, this impartation is going to build the body of Christ up and build Christ's community up so that we're going to rise up in a chariot of fire and bring a prophetic power into this time and day. Are you with me on this? That's what God's asking us to do. Amen. Stand with me this morning. As I commission you to do this good work. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up. Lift your hands up. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I commission you and those at home, all those attending Christ Community Church, to become doctors, spiritual Practitioners who will deliver, deliver the hope that is necessary. That you will restore faith and you will send blessing. That you will be open to the Holy Spirit to hear the names and the people that God shows you to call. And so I pray God you will also give them the ability And the courage to do this. And to step out in faith. And to share the love of Jesus with one another.